For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Trio for another episode of Believing in Tuggy. You got AG Aaron Gershon from thecatspaws.com, former QB1 Jalen Whitlow. Been here dropping knowledge. Both of these guys bring knowledge each and every week. Come to y'all courtesy of believe.com. Y'all already know that as well. Number one content network for professionals. Wherever you get your podcast, go to believe.com and listen on the podcast platforms. Watch on YouTube. Uh, Believe TV, listen on TuneIn. There's so many ways where y'all can get at us and access us and, and listen. We definitely appreciate it, man. Y'all doing all right tonight? All yeah, things, man. All things yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just got back from Indianapolis this afternoon. A very <laughs> eerie, similar game to the last time we were in Indianapolis. So that was tough. And uh, obviously getting ready for the football game on Saturday with the uh, – Defending national champions coming to town. So uh, a lot going on. Not a lot of great things going on uh, at UK, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's a tough time right now. It's a tough time. Yeah, you know, with everything involved in the past two weeks, two and a half weeks at the University of Kentucky has been, you know, been kind of crazy. But, look, you know, the biggest thing, man, is um, – Obviously, you got the best team in the country coming to town. Um, you just you just want to see you just want to see guys compete at a high level. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, and I think we all know this, and there, there's no secret uh, to this. But Georgia's defense, you know, is going to scare a lot of people. Uh, yeah. You know, they I watch them on film, and me and my brother again. Me and my brother both played. We had the privilege and we're blessed to play college football and division one quarterback and we watched Georgia on film and we like, man, we've ne- I've never seen that. I never seen outside of Alabama a couple of years in that 2010, 11, 13, 15 range, a couple of years in between. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, they play so hard, so much talent. Uh, um, this, 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 you know, it's, I just, I think they're going to win it again. I don't see anybody being able to consistently move the ball on them. Uh, so the thing I want to see out of Kentucky, and I'm sure everybody want to see it, just go out and compete. You have nothing to lose. Like, you know, number one team coming into your stadium. I mean, let it all hang out. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, let it. I've coached a couple of those games where teams that on paper we weren't supposed to even come close to winning. And those are the games that our kids play the best usually because, you know, there's nothing to be anxious about. There's no anxiety. I mean, 
you know, you're not supposed to win anyway. So why not win? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, let it let it hang out and 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 you know do that thing. But we just, you know, I think most fans can can, can you know can say this. They just want to see uh, you know, guys compete at a high level. Uh, offense, you know, take a step forward, whether it shows on a stat sheet or not. Because a lot of times, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that don't show on the stat sheet, right? Um, you know, cut down on the penalties, cut down on the sacks, right? Uh, let's let's generate some explosives on offense. So, and I'm sure we'll get into it. I don't want to take too much time, but that's what that's what people want to see. You know, people want to see you know the team come out and 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 kind of bow up a little bit. Um, and I think they will. You know, if if Mark Stoops hasn't changed since I met him. Um, you know, they'll, they'll come out and play extremely hard. Mm -hmm. And while we're talking about it, we y'all both hit on the gut punches that have been dealt to UK sports fans these past couple of weeks. <laughs> this past Saturday on the football field, last night up in Indy, you were up there for the Michigan State game, AG. So shout out to men's soccer and women's volleyball. <laughs> down. They've been providing the positivity. The men's volleyball won the Sun Belt tournament. Uh, I mean, men's soccer won the Sun Belt tournament. Uh, volleyball coach Skinner and them about to win the SEC for the sixth year in a row. Won a chip a couple years ago. So they are doing their thing. It's it's been some hard times yeah. and some bad beats everywhere uh, else. Uh, uh, Give them credit for doing their thing. I don't know what Coach Cal was saying. It's not a basketball school, and I don't know. Stoops was wrong too. I guess. I guess it's a men's soccer school after all. So <laughs> that's where we're at right now. Yeah. So credit to Coach Cedigren and Coach Skinner and their programs and they're both rolling to the postseason and, and they've been holding it down all year so uh, props to them and don't talk about them as much but they work just as hard as Jalen. y'all know is the football and basketball grind don't get as many eyeballs but they they're doing their thing man so so we gotta yeah, give them i mean some of them may even you know you know you know a lot of those times i know like baseball soccer probably volleyball too you know some of those student athletes aren't on full scholarships. Um, so, you know, a lot of people don't go to games. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes it feels like a thankless job uh, if you're doing, you know, playing at a high level in some of those sports. So, yeah, definitely shout out to them, man. I think I told you, I got a kid who I was training that uh, that's probably going to go to Kentucky and play soccer. So, um, you know, definitely shout out, shout out to the soccer team and volleyball. Yeah, get that in for sure. Um, but yeah, like, I think you hit it too, Jalen. You, you want to see a step forward, uh, bow up. Those, 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 those are good phrases and, and stuff to look forward to because we know what a challenge it is, how daunting this game is Saturday. Uh, the season hasn't gone the way anybody expected it to. And, and now your know, big bad George is coming to town. So, <laughs> man. Well, you know, and, and the, the positive, you know, you try to take the positives out of it. The positive is I think Kentucky defense could do a good job of, uh, do a good job of stymieing Georgia's offense. Now, they got weapons, of course, they're the number one team in the country. They got weapons, but uh, I think the defense can do a good job. It's just, it's, I mean, it's going to come down to special teams and offense at the end of the day, in my opinion. Uh, can the offense move the ball, right, which is a, a tough, tough task on this team on this you know georgia team and, and we heard rich say it yesterday um 
they're different. You know, they, they are. You know, they they are. I mean, it's just it is what it is. And I'm sure the player. It's one of those things where I remember we were getting ready to play Alabama when I was at Kentucky. We're watching the film, and we obviously can say we're honest with ourselves. Like this is different. This is a different level of play. Is what it is. You know, people can call it what they want to call it. Uh, as an athlete, as a competitor, you know when you see something that's higher level, that's probably better than what you are at the moment, you know, and that's what it is. So, but at the, on the flip side of that, you have nothing to lose. So go out and let it hang out, you know, take shots, trick plays, tempo, whatever it may be to, uh, you know, to uh, inject some excitement into your players, inject some, uh, don't transfer into your receivers, uh, inject some, you know, excitement. No, I'm serious for real. No, you're, you're dead on, man. You're dead on. Yeah, inject some excitement into um, your fan base. You know, I just I, – and I went back today and watched the uh, the South Carolina game. I don't think that uh, – I don't. I think Kaya should stay put. I saw some good things from him. And, you know, inject some excitement into your backup quarterbacks. You're going to have a good – you know, they probably bring in a transfer anyway, but you're going to have a good – battle in the offseason with those guys um, that that can push everybody to a new level. So I, I just think it's one of those things where, you know, the average fan may say, I'm not going to this game. It's Georgia. We're not going to win, whatever. I want to watch this game because I, I think I think you'll see some guys either fold or or stand up and, like you said, bow up and, and, and kind of make a name for himself um, because they have talent on offense. You know, that t- again, I'll say it again, talent is not the issue. Um, so that's the thing, you know, so, you know, they'll, you know, it'll be three thirty CBS game and people making a big deal about that on social media, you know, the games got scheduled early in, in advance. So, um, it is what it is. And look, I'm looking forward to it because I think, I think, um, you know, if you're rich, Scangarello, you have no, you should have no conscious calling plays this week. You know, you, I mean, you shouldn't like, uh-huh. I mean, what, what do you have to lose? Like, this is no one team in the country. Destroy, try to ruin their season, right? Try to ruin the season. So, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and you know, you know, I, I have a, I have a weird kind of like geeky mindset when it comes to watching these type of games, though. So, you know, that maybe it's just my weird self, but I, you know, I'm looking forward to the game. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I've been thinking about the same thing with Scangarello, man. I mean, he's on the hot seat. I mean, it's not undeniable. He's not going to get fired uh, before the end of the regular season. But, you know, after that Louisville game, I, I think I think it's right. If it were if the season were to end today, he's out. And that would happen right after the Louisville game. So, you know, if you want to save your job, call debt and play, you know, be desperate, you know, call, like you said, well, maybe don't not trick play on the first play of the game, but dial up some trick plays, you know, throw the ball deep, you know, trust your receivers, give the fans what they've been asking for a little bit and just see what happens. I mean, you only have, this is probably going to be Will Levis's last two games. I think he's probably not going to play a bowl game. I, I just think there's too much to lose for him. So, you know, unleash him while you've got him. And, you know, I, they're probably not going to win this game, but if you play hard, uh, you're going to make the fan base a lot more confident and wanting to show up for that Louisville game next Saturday. Because right now, they don't even feel like you're going to beat Louisville because Louisville has the number one pass rush in the country, and Kentucky has one of the worst you know, pass, uh, uh, pass protection offensive lines. So there's no confidence in that game around here. I can tell you that from everyone I've talked to. So uh, if you are able to just 
hang around, just cover the spread. <laughs> good teams cover, right? That's what they say. Cover the spread, uh, you know, show some good things on tape. Uh, I think that can inject some even more life into this fan base and going into, a you know, a game that – and Vinny and I were kind of talking about this on the, that podcast after the Vanderbilt game where, you know, that – it felt like in October or even, I guess, before that in September, that Louis, that Louisville game would mean a lot to Louisville where they might be fighting for bowl eligibility. Scott Satterfield might be playing for his job. And for Kentucky, it was like, just take care of business. Now it's it's pretty equally important to both teams. Um, so uh, it's crazy how this year's tra- uh, transpired. But, yeah, if you can just have a feel-good game, uh, I, I know this program's over moral victories. But, man, when you're playing against a team like this and you've had the year you've had, you'll take it at this point. Um, and, you know, for some guys, it's a – it's a job like Scangrello or it's, you know, keep, and for the coaches that are sticking around, it's keeping uh, like Mark Stoop said on Monday, he, he's going to have 85 free agents at the end of the year. That's how it is with college sports nowadays. And he's going to have to, you know, you have to re-recruit your entire roster every year. Uh, that's what this transfer portal has led to. So, uh, you know, you can recruit, if you compete with Georgia, and then, you know, use that energy into Louisville week and get a win there. Uh, that could help you maybe get one or two guys back that maybe at this point are, are leaning toward leaving. So, yeah, it, it's a big game in that sense. And, I mean, if you somehow came up with a win, obviously it's it's ginormous, but uh, that's going to be a really tall task. And just, uh, like, I, I'm, I agree with Jalen. I just don't think – I think the only team that could have moved the ball on them was Tennessee, and they couldn't do it. So <laughs> it's hard to see anyone else doing it. Yeah, not – not. No, go ahead, Vinny. I was just Kentucky would have to have a ton of help from Georgia. I'm, I'm talking pick sixes, scooping scores. Pump Kentucky return. would have to block a freaking kick. kick return <laughs> touchdowns. You know, Georgia showing up and playing kind of the way they did against Missouri, you know, where they maybe were sleepwalking yeah. a little bit. You know, you, you're going to have to have a lot of that stuff that gives Kentucky momentum where David – gets confident, oh, we're hanging in, we're hanging in, we can do, oh, we can do, th- we can do this. It's going to have to be a lot of that, yeah. you know, so, like I said, a, a scoop yeah. and score, a, a punt return touchdown, stuff to spark them, because we haven't had complimentary football all year. No. So that kind of thing to kind of maybe get them going and get a spark and get, you know, the, yeah. the energy and, and that kind of thing. I think the one, and Jalen, you would know better than me, but the one weakness I see in this team is outside of Lad McConkey, who's inconsistent, their wide receivers aren't that great. Their tight ends are arguably the one and two best in the country. Definitely Brock Bowers is the best, but their wide receivers aren't great. And obviously you're going to have Keedron Smith and Carrington Valentine. We saw how valuable Carrington Valentine is with how he comes off the field and all hell breaks loose for that one play. So, you know, you're going to have your two boundary corners on their wide receivers, maybe even have the matchup advantage there. You know, if Keedron could have another game where he creates a turnover. I mean, he created two last week. I mean, that could be huge and stuff like that. But, you know, you're going to have to – the key is to somehow, some way, contain those monsters at tight end, uh, do what you've done for almost every game all year against the run except for last week and – you know, hope for the best from there. But yeah, I, I, I have more confidence in this defense uh, keeping things interesting for a little bit than I do the offense. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think you know, from a, from a defensive standpoint, I think Kentucky definitely got to just you know load the box and play man. Yeah. I mean, I if if I'm Brad White, I don't 
you know, I'm not scared of any of the receivers, really. You know, the tight ends make me nervous, but the receivers don't. Um, and they'll play a lot of 12 personnel, uh, which means, you know, two tight end, one running back, two tight ends, two receivers. Um, they'll play they'll play some 13 personnel. Uh, they'll play some 11 personnel. They'll play. They'll probably play some 10 personnel, but it'll be very little, if any. Um, their 10 personnel is when they have um, Washington out of the game, Brock Bowers split out, and, you know, they have three other receivers in there. So if I'm Kentucky, I'm definitely, you know, I'm getting as many guys in the box as I can, and I'm playing man coverage. Um, now that's tricky because you got you have to mix it up because you got a quarterback who can beat you with his legs. And in man coverage, you get guys running downfield, defenders are back, their backs are turned, quarterback can take off, there's more space to run, whatever. But from an offensive standpoint, just watching Georgia, Georgia's gonna play a lot of man coverage. A lot of coverage where you a lot of coverage where you get chances to take shots downfield. Now, do they trust the guys up front to be able to hold that long to take the shots downfield? Um, because as we know, Georgia is they, they're good in the box. You know, the front, the front seven or front six or however you want to say it. Um, is really good. In this game, probably front eight because they're going to load the box and make Kentucky throw the ball and st- try to stop the run. That's what they're going to do, in my opinion. So um, you're going to get opportunities to take shots downfield against one-on-one coverage. Can you get Crowders? Can you get, um, you know, Barry on Brown? Can you get, you know, some Dane Key, some of those guys uh, running to green grass down the field? I think that, that that's going to be the thing. So uh, – they kind of called bad luck last week with, you know, Mike Wright. And I, I said all along, if you're Vanderbilt, start Mike Wright the whole year. Yeah, I anytime, didn't understand why they didn't. Yeah, anytime you lack in the talent in your team, um, I'm going to start the quarterback that's most dynamic, that can make the most plays in both dimensions, throwing the ball and running the ball. A.J. Swan is a kid who's – I know uh, – I don't know him, but I watched him a few times. He's from this area. Um, great pocket passer, big kid. But obviously, he's not as dynamic as Mike Wright. So I thought Kentucky caught the short end of the stick. Kentucky would much rather have A.J. Swan <laughs> starting quarterback than Mike Wright. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of, you know, one of those things. But, you know, we'll see, man. I, you know, they got another good quarterback coming in. And what makes Georgia so dangerous, in my opinion, also, is they have a quarterback who's been starting quarterback at Georgia since I was in college, if you like. So, <laughs> he's uh, 25 years old. Yeah, it, it, it makes it tough because I heard Brad Wright talking today. Yeah. That, um you know, he, he likened him to, you know, playing a Drew Brees or a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady in the league. He's just seen so much in college football. I mean, he's he, he's seen a lot. I mean, he's done it. He's been in the same system for I don't know how many years now. Uh, so it, it is tough. I was – a couple of things, actually. When they asked him about J.J. Weaver, he took a long yeah. answer to the question. They yeah. asked him how J.J. Weaver has been playing – and it took him a while to answer that question because, honestly, you hadn't been hearing much of them. Uh, and you're going to have to hear much, a lot of them uh, <laughs> this week because, uh, you know, that quarterback has done that. Now, another thing is I don't think, you know, Scangarello, yes, his job is online. But, it, you know, I think it's going to be one of those things where uh, Stoops probably talked to him, you know, because he kept saying philosophy, rethinking philosophy. Uh, it's probably going to be one of those things, that, you know, Scangarello has been around the block. He's been, you know, he's a smart coach. He, he knows what he's doing. But at the same time, is he willing to adapt to what he has? Is he willing to adapt to the college football game, the recruiting that goes into your offensive structure? Because you have to factor that in. 
uh, when you build an offense in, in college. In the NFL, you draft guys and you pay them to do this. In college, you know, these guys can leave if they want. Um, and they can go somewhere else coming out of high school if they want. So um, are they willing to adapt is going to be the thing. And if I think if you if he meet with Scangarello and Scangarello's not willing to adapt, which there's a good chance, I think he I think he's a guy who's kind of stuck in what he likes. Yes. Uh, so if he's not willing to adapt, then you may see a coordinator change, in my opinion. But he's going to he's going to approach him with the, you know, can we adapt first? And, you know, uh, that's just my opinion. You know, that's kind of what I got from his uh, press conference on, on Monday. Yeah, I would agree with that observation. <laughs> yeah, he the J.J. Weaver thing was interesting, how he kind of paused and had to think about it. And obviously the arm injury has been, been limiting J.J. a little bit, and he's just getting his legs under him. But it was interesting that, you know, he said he had a really good game against Vanderbilt, which statistically, yeah, seven tackles, four solo. And J.J. Weaver said he played amazing <laughs> against Vanderbilt. That's kind of just J.J.'s personality. Uh, but he also, you know, that Mike Wright touchdown was kind of his whiff. Him and uh, Jordan Lovett uh, were the guys who missed on that one. But, yeah, you kind of just feel bad for J.J. He's been through a lot yeah. injury-wise, a lot off the field with his dad, you know, losing his life and – um He's a great, he's a, he's a fun interview. He never fails to uh, put a smile on your face when you're talking to him. So, uh, but w- that is kind of what I want to talk about with JJ. Something he said today uh, was that the, there was a lack of energy, which I think we all noticed on Saturday against Vanderbilt. And he said, the main thing he noticed is guys were complaining. It was too cold. And that just concern. Yeah. And that concerns me, man. Like, uh, <laughs> This culture just it feels like it's so far beyond that. And to hear that is so it's so disheartening. I mean, obviously, you saw, you know, Stoop say right after the game, he thought the energy was average at best. And I go back to week one. And I, I want to say, Vinny, and I talked about this a little bit on on Saturday night where, you know, if you remember after that Miami game where they had a really slow first half, you know, beat them up in the second half, uh, Stoop said that they kind of didn't have that chip on their shoulder uh, like they didn't, you know, they're. And maybe that had to do with the fact they weren't being overlooked this year. They were, you know, in the top 25 to open the year. They were finished, picked to finish second in the East, uh, third best odds to win the whole conference. And uh, other than the Florida game, when, you know, Roman Harper did them that favor by calling them soft, it just feels like that chip has been missing all year. And when JJ said something like that, and you see what Will Levis is talking about, how guys aren't fully bought in and weren't up for this game. It, it just makes me worried about, like, who's losing this team? Is it – I don't think – it's hard to think it's Coach Stoops with how well he's gone, but it's something he's – and he even said Monday, like, I'm not getting through to this team as well as I have other teams. Like, what is the disconnect? Is it guys that are in the locker room that don't fit the culture? Is it something that, with the coaching? Is it the offense being so deflating that it's taking the energy out of everyone? And, you know, the defense had one bad game and it cost them, like – it, it, it's just there's so much going on that I'll never know and none of us will ever know unless we're in the building that it, it has me concerned about the future. It really does. Point, man. Uh, you know, I, I kind of don't know what to say. I mean, anytime, you know, um, I mean, we, you have those things where, you know, and players are always going to say things like that when the coaches are not around. Yeah, Man, it's cold, damn, it's cold, whatever. Um, but you know, the fact that he said that in an interview, uh, is alarming, you know, 
and I heard Will Levis's press conference after the game. Oh, he was mad. You very, did not. Very, <laughs> he was very, mad. Yeah, very, very. Uh, you know, that's concerning from a cultural standpoint, and that's the last thing you want is cultural issues, um, which is hard to fathom with you know Coach Stoops being a head coach, right? Them having such a good culture the past, you know. 10 or eight years or whatever. Because uh, I, I think the culture got a lot better when he got to Kentucky my sophomore year. It just right. takes time to really get it going the way you want to get it turning. But that is that is alarming, man. You know, uh, that, is, that is very concerning. Yeah. But, and did you did you catch the comment yesterday from Dekel Kratis? I'm going to get the exact I, I didn't quote. Wa- yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it. Uh, I yeah. saw it pop up. I didn't watch it. He, he was slightly misquoted in, in one story, but – he basically said they asked him about the why the red zone issues were bad. And he said the play calling. He didn't say play caller. He said the play calling. And it was funny because he made that comment and then Tony Neely said, Okay, folks, we're done. <laughs> that was the end of it. Right there. They kind of pulled them off. But, so but, but that that's now that, now if when I hear that from a uh when I hear that from a uh just from a observer, just observing the situation yeah. as if my name is uh, Mark Stoops, I'm looking at that situation like, okay, this is a huge problem because anytime yeah. your players, players may notice some stuff, and I'm sure as a coach, you know, most coaches go through that, right? Even if you're a good coach, you go through those times where players think, ah, this is a bad play call. But when they say it in public, that's, in my opinion, that's like a sign of a lack of respect almost or, or like a yeah. lack of I don't I don't fear this guy enough or I don't know if fear is the word, but I don't respect him enough to hold my tongue and say, uh, we need to execute better or we just didn't get it done or whatever. The fact that they'll say play calling that that's alarming. man. Yeah. Like if I'm, if I'm Mark Stoops, I'm I'm cons- that that changes the game for me because I, I feel like that's a culture issue on that side of the ball. If yeah. players are willing to say those types of things with Will Levis and now hearing what Crowder said, that's an issue for me. Yeah, the exact quote, just to say full context, was I would probably have to say the play calling because we are down in the red zone and just couldn't get it. That's pretty much all I can say. That is your full. And like I said, the quote was written as play caller, but it was kind of, he said call in. That was kind of just the way it came out. I went back and listened a few times to make sure I got it right. So, yeah, uh, that was alarming. That was alarming. And and compound that with uh, (laughs) what what you sent me, uh, what you sent us the other day, uh, in a message with, you know, one of the, one of the guys is his Twitter stuff. Um, yes, yeah, 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 that, yeah. liking that, tweets about good. it. Yeah, that that's crazy. But the good, you know, the thing is, if you're Stoops, how how can I keep my guys here? At the end of the day, whether it's a new coordinator or not, <laughs> yeah. how can I how can I keep? You know, we work so hard to get these guys. We got so we got four guys who have elite speed at receiver now. Yes. How can I keep these guys? How can I keep them here at the end of the day? Right. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. So we'll see what happens, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they get that fixed. And we did the uh, the emergency podcast Saturday after the game. Ag and I did after after the Vanderbilt game. So to backtrack, Jalen, your your thoughts from what if you got anything you just want to get off your chest about Saturday? You know, since, since you weren't on there on that episode. Yeah, um, man, 
I kind of I think I kind of already kind of got it off my chest a little bit, but you know, it, it goes back to the just the want to. I mean, you're better than Vanderbilt at the end of the day. You're better than Vanderbilt. I mean, now it's easy to say that on paper, but again, you're playing with the guys you have on paper. So <laughs> on paper, you're you're better than Vanderbilt. Um, but on the flip side of that, you have to okay, it's not the talent, so what's next, right? We got the two Cs. We got the coaching and we have the culture. Um, so which one is it? Is it the schematics of it? Is it the culture, right? I think in that game, it was a bit of both, whether – and, and Stoops owned up to it on, on Monday. He's having a hard time getting to these guys for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, you're, you're superior to Vanderbilt talent-wise. So, and you, you know, and the, the loss at home made it even worse, but, you know, that was, a, you know, I was just watching the game. I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, to be honest with you, uh, particularly on offense, you know, on offense. I, could, I couldn't really, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You know, the only, the only bright spot of the day really was the long touchdown run from Chris Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> if you break it down, that was the only thing you could say, okay, that was good. But, you know, everything else was, was uh was subpar protection was subpar quarterback holding on to the ball was subpar. Oh. Um, you know it's easy to say play calling, but I don't have the actual film of that game, so I can't really um I can't really um, it's not fair to give a critique of that. But there is something with the coaching that's an issue though, and it may not be the play calling; it may be something else. Um, so we don't know, man. But it is. It, it's one of those things where I, I was like, man, I, I'm wasting my time, to be honest with you. I, if I'm being completely honest, when Kentucky got on uh, offense, I turned it to the the Missouri game, the Tennessee-Missouri game. When they got on defense, I watched – because I wanted to watch that defense defend Mike Wright because I think Mike Wright is a decent player. Um, I did too. I wanted, I wanted to watch that defense, how they defended him. And, and, and you know – People can call it what it is, but it's boring, man. Like it, it is, it's, it's boring to watch, and that and and that has that's a problem when it comes to recruiting, because kids yeah. are, as we can see with crowds, kids are extremely honest sometimes. So if they if they think it's the play calling and it's boring to play in, they'll slip up and say it because that's what they're saying when the coaches are not around. So they're used to saying it. So when they, when the microphone get in their face, it may be a slip, a Freudian slip, or they may just you know, some of these kids nowadays, they may actually mean it. It's the play calling is terrible, mm-hmm. right? They may mean it. So that that's the that's the biggest thing in the program right now. How do you fix the offense? Uh, and I, I think it has to be a philosophy change. Because if you look across the country, give me three teams that's in the top 25 that are slowing it down, playing huge personnel every snap, and sending, you know, 16 motions. Give, give me three teams. You can't give it. You can't give me three teams. They're, most of them are playing 11 and 12 personnel. Even when they're playing 11 person, eleven and 12 personnel, you saw Georgia last week, one of their big plays came off tempo, shot down the field, right? Um, and you're watching everybody else. You watch Texas. They're, they're throwing the ball down the field. They're doing a lot. They're tempoing. You watch TCU. I watched the Texas, Texas TCU game. TCU's definitely spread it out. Um, mm-hmm. Watch Alabama Ole Miss. That was ex- extremely fun to watch on offense. Right. You watch even Clemson is not that fun to watch on offense, but they take shots down the field. They get balls to their players down the field. Um, and I can go down the list, man. I mean, I yeah. obviously even Missouri, I enjoy watching Missouri on offense. 
I enjoy watching Missouri on offense. Um, obviously, there's no need to say Tennessee, but even LSU, right? So there's a trend here. And, and the thing is, and if we go back and watch, and I know they wanted to kind of create some a connection between last year's system and this year's system with Cohen. But this is my, you know, and obviously you can tell, this is my thing. This is what's bothering me. This is not the same system. No. Watching two different systems. People, you know, they come from the same Shanahan tree, but the system is not the same. I watch, and even if you watch, um, I heard somebody say J.T. O'Sullivan. He has a, uh, a Twitter. He, he even said it. If you watch the 49ers, the 49ers are boring to watch watch for most people but they also they have an issue when it comes to uh the, their quarterbacks you know actually producing and he was like if, if the 49ers had anybody else at quarterback they'll probably be Super Bowl contenders um because of what they do on offense it, it strangleholds the quarterback and Garoppolo is not a threat that way right so that's the thing you know and I and people keep saying and I see it in the comments all the time well it's a similar system from last year it's really not the system no. is not similar. Last year, what do we see? We saw the ball in the playmaker's hands a whole, whole bunch. We saw change of tempos, whether it was huddle, breaking the huddle fast or calling the play and not huddling at all. We saw more shot plays down the field. We saw more quarterback run. We we saw more creativity in some ways. It was you know, so – oh, it was way more creative. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, actually you call it what it is. Last year against Georgia, I thought Kentucky offense played pretty good. Yeah, they, they shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, they, they had some plays where they missed blocks on screens and got tackled for no game, which should have been touchdown, yeah. right? If I, a, if I remember correctly, there was a drop ball in the end zone or something similar. Yeah, uh, and there was a fumble where no one went to recover it, and yeah. so, Georgia picked it up. Yep. Right. So, it, you know, and, and, and that's my thing, and I'm, I'm going off on a tangent because that, that bothers me because I'm thinking from Will Levin's standpoint, man, I'm losing money, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm losing money. Like you know, I didn't. Yeah. So, um, it, it, you know, that's the biggest thing, man. You, you gotta, it gotta be a philosophy change. You know, I don't know everything about football, but I know when I see boring football, and I know when I see something that's fun that I would want to play in if I were a player. So that's the thing. They gotta, they gotta fix that fast. Yeah, and it's also it's so predictable. Like you could say you could see the wide receiver screens unfolding. You could see the third and eight runs. It's just so the defenses know what's coming. It's just not fooling anybody. And like you said, I, I like the question these next two weeks is: Is Gangrillo going to prove he can adapt and be you know have a different philosophy, or is he going to just be that stubborn play caller he has all year? And that's what it's been. It's been stubborn play calling. I think everyone. You know, he's, he's taken heat all year and, you know, you give him the benefit of the doubt because he's not, you know, it's his first year in the SEC. But then I think the big I think when people really started to lose it is when, you know, you had that the second half against Mississippi State, Kentucky arguably had its best offense of the year. And then you go and then you go into the Tennessee game and have the same game plan even though against Mississippi State you were playing a good pass defense and not so good run defense and vice versa for Tennessee. It just proved the stubbornness that Scangrello has. And, you know, he called a really good first drive against Missouri and then completely deviated. And uh, it wasn't good against the last drive. And then obviously we saw the disaster against uh, Vanderbilt, though, Man, I'm telling you, and uh, Will Levis was bad in that game. I mean, there he there were throws he missed. There were guys that 
um, were open and he just couldn't get it to him or he threw it to the wrong guy. Um, you know, one of the, ironically, one of the red zone trips, they had a walk-in touchdown with Dekel Crowdis and he tripped and it threw everything off because Levis, his eyes were just locked in on Crowdis the whole time. And instead of just throwing it away, he took the sack and, you know, kicked him to a field goal. Uh, so it, it's just, I don't know, it's disheartening. And, you know, the offense that everyone's made fun of this year is Iowa, right? Well, in Iowa's last three games, they've outscored Kentucky in every single one of them, 33-24-24. That, that's where you're at right now. Iowa's scoring more points than you uh, the last month here. And to yeah. go to get to y'all's thoughts, you know, still uh, trying to just stay on the Vandy game. But full disclosure, I was out and about in, in Green Bay, so I, I wasn't watching. You were very lucky. I listened a little bit. I caught a little bit of Tom Leach and Jeff Okoro here and there, bits and pieces but didn't, you know, watch every play. The drive where they're in Vanderbilt territory is fourth and two, and they punt. Punt, yeah. The... That, when, when you, obviously, you, may, you, you probably don't trust the kicking game, but he, Ruffalo was hitting field goals that day yeah. better than he had. Well, it was that midfield. Punting on their side of the field. I got to get y'all's thoughts on that. I wasn't watching, yeah. but everybody, what in the world? What yeah, they weren't quite in field goal range, but, you know, I think it was just a total lack of confidence in Scangrillo and the offense. I think it came down to that, where you have faith that your defense can get a stop and you play the field position game. I mean, uh, there was just no confidence the offense could do absolutely anything, and how could you blame Mark Stoops? I mean, they scored seven, uh, six points in the first half against, uh, again, Vanderbilt's defense going into that game was 126 overall and 130 against the pass. That's not like fifth worst in the SEC, second worst in the, that's the, all in America. I mean, you're facing a bottom five defense in our country and uh, you do, you score six points in the first half. I mean, look, as much as, I, you know, you want to be aggressive, I, I can't blame Stoops too much for that because he just has no confidence uh, in this offense and he has much more confidence in his defense. And again, this wasn't a great game for the defense. Obviously, Mike Wright lit him up with his feet. Uh, Ray Davis, their running back, who's another really good player they have, uh, was awesome and they, they couldn't stop the run. But, you know, that's what happens when you don't play complimentary football eventually the side that's been holding it down all year is going to get frustrated and they're going to screw up and you can't, I can't even be too mad uh, at the Kentucky defense for this one. They, they were due to have an off day and they had it and their teammates didn't back them up. So I think Stoops was just, you know, trusting the defense there and um, not trusting the offense. And I can't blame them. Yeah. To, to kind of not really, you know, I, like I said, I don't want to really harp on this Vanny game, but yeah. just looking at everything in totality from an offensive standpoint, um, yes, I, that's a great perspective where, yes, Stoops probably, you know, and if you go back and look at some of his decisions in either, even other games, he may punt it or, you know, instead of going forward, make it a field goal because of the lack of confidence. But, you know, if you go back and look at the – I mean – the entire season from game one to now. Florida game, what was the score? Uh, the final score? Yeah. 26 16. All right. Defense scored one touchdown that I remember. That uh, is correct. And they have started a drive. They had actually, a touchdown drive. Actually, defense scored twice, right? Pretty much because they scored. They had the Keegan Smith pick six and then the scoop and fumble that set them up at the six yard line and they punched that in. 
Yep, I think 31 points on Youngstown, right? 31-0 or something like that? 31 nothing. Um, The Missouri game scored in the 20s. Uh, 21. The Tennessee game, we had six. Six. So, I mean, we see a trend here, and I went back and looked, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but if you go back and look, a lot of those games, the defense scored or literally got you the ball inside of the 15, 20, whatever it may be. Uh, so – I don't even count some of those points that they got the ball that close. You're right. I mean, it's no. hard to count them. I mean, come on, man. Like, so if you look, it's been uh it's been abysmal, is what it's been on offense. You can't, so, count, you can't even count three of those against Vanderbilt because that was and, the you know, that at the 10. And Miami, Ohio, one kick return touchdown, and then they had a fumble that got them inside the 15. So yeah, yeah, man. So and I and the thing that bothers me, and I say this to say when I watch Scangarillo when I watch his interviews, just to see what's going on, just to kind of get a pulse, he never really talk about, like, scoring points. Never. His thing is controlling the pace, controlling the pace, chipping away. Like, bro, it's 2022, bro. <laughs> chip, away, chip away all you want to, and let's see how many – let's see how many – you know, call it what it is, man. And, again, I last year I fell in love with watching the offense with – Cohen, because I was like, okay, first year quarterback, first year coordinator. I can't wait to see this next year. Unfortunately, obviously, we know what happens, and he's under some scrutiny in LA. But I don't think it's all him because he's not really calling the plays. He's not even calling the plays, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I was looking forward to seeing him, second year quarterback in the system, the 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 confidence. But I, you know, this this has been it's been. Look, I've been on, I've been in situations very similar. I don't know if I've ever been in a situation where uh, we were like. Not scoring as many now, probably so, but we were not scoring as many points. But you know, you would think they're so far along that this should be in a you know, this should be in the past. This type of offense, um, so kind of goes back to what I said earlier. Yes, a, a philosophical change is definitely needed. I think you know, Stevie wanted to see that. Um, and, and it, it got to get done, you know, it got to get done because you got to save. You got to save your program from a standpoint of your offensive recruits. Defense, they're going to get guys. Uh, they are, you know. But offense, are you going to be able to keep your receivers? You're going to keep. You're going to keep your running backs. So yeah. They don't get the ball. Are you going to be able to keep your receivers? Or are you going to be able to keep your quarterbacks? That's the thing, right? I mean, so that's that's what's scaring me, and I'm sure that's scaring the coaches right now. Oh um, yeah. When it comes to, the, I'm sure they they've been hearing whispers. You know, it gets around. Um, of guys, of guys looking to looking to get out of there. So, hopefully not. You know, I don't want to sound like a, a Debbie Downer, uh, negative Nancy, whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, you got to call a spade a spade. Um, yeah. And you got to you got to get some excitement. Even if you again I go Georgia, even if you don't score thirty points on Georgia, you score your fourteen or whatever it may be. Uh, <laughs> at least try to score thirty though. Don't control the clock and all this. Try to score. Aggr the just be aggressive. The yeah. team with the, the team with the most points win football games. <laughs> try to score. Like push the ball downfield. Like try to score, man. Like I just don't get it. You got a quarterback who throw the, who can throw the ball to Louisville, right? Throw it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. try to throw the. You got receivers who who run four fours. Throw the ball. I you know you can scheme some things up against man coverage, pick rub mesh. You know they're gonna play man. They're gonna play match. You know, pick, rub them, mesh them, stack them, bunch them. You know, put.
put the ball downfield. You ain't, you ain't got nothing to lose. Yeah. And the two things, the one one thing off that and one thing on Stoops, the one coaching decision with Stoops on Saturday last week that I, I, I was thinking about and then I, I looked into it, he should have called timeout after that third down play uh, to get Carrington Valentine back on the field. Because if you call timeout, you don't have to sit a play. And I think that would have been a great timeout to you. So you have your best corner. His ex, He actually was asked about that on his radio show Monday. And the explanation he gave was that he thought Carrington was seriously hurt. But if you will go back and watch it, Carrington ran off the field. And a little birdie tells me Stoops was not happy that question was asked on his radio show. So uh, just a little just a little birdie. It was a fan who called in. Great question by the yeah. fan. I didn't. Yeah. That was a X. So but that's a little birdie. I, I, I can't say anything. But yeah, I, I, it just feels like <laughs> and it's funny because Mark Stoops went to Iowa and I talked about Iowa. But it feels like Kentucky's trying to be Iowa in the SEC. And that's just not I don't think Stoops wants that. I think that's how Scangarillo is as a play caller, and that's kind of what this year has been, where they have a great defense. I mean, a top 20 defense. Um, you know, the defense, I mean, outside of the – in the Tennessee game, it's so the 44 is so skewed because of the field position that the defense was held, uh, given because of bad special teams and bad offense. But really, outside of that Vanderbilt game, when still they only gave up 24 points, which, you know, should still win you a football game. The defense has been great. And the Northern Illinois game, they weren't good. But other than that, they've been great all year. They've done everything they've could. And that's exactly what's kind of happened at Iowa, except Iowa's offense has actually woken up and Kentucky's hasn't. And it's just so frustrating seeing them play like SEC West, uh, Big Ten, excuse me, they're playing like Big Ten West football uh, in the SEC. And I, again, I, I I know Stoops is, is a run-heavy guy and he loves good defense and that's great and all, but uh, you saw last year the balance was here and how good they were. And that's exactly what Stoops has been trying to build for so long. And, and they just, it's completely gone. And it's, it, the offense is at an all time low this year. And I just, unless, again, unless they go bonkers these last two weeks, uh, they, put a bunch of points on Georgia somehow. Uh, they beat up Louisville, who has a great pass rush. Uh, there's just – you can't defend keeping this guy. I know the continuity factor, and this would be four coordinators in four years. Right. Actually, it would become five in five years. And really, if you think about it, it's kind of like six different offenses in six years because you had to change the offense completely uh, for Lynn Bowden in 2019. So I get the continuity aspect, but, you know, from all these comments we're hearing, from – uh, the clear frustration, the the awfulness of a result. You got to do something. You got to do something. This is not sustainable. And you're gonna just the program's gonna. You're 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 gonna lose everything that you've worked so hard to gain. And look, it's you know six and six is staring you in the face because this Louisville game is a lot tougher than you thought. So hundred percent. And you know if you go to a bowl game you don't want to be at, we could be looking at six and seven. So yeah. these, these, the fact that he was mad at that fan question, look, when you say on your call-in show, I'm a big boy, I'll show you. He said it. that verbatim. It's on me. Yeah, I, I, I listen. So don't don't then be mad if somebody, a fan, asks you a question watching that y'all should have had handled on the sideline. Call a timeout, get Carrington back in. You throw Harrison out there, oh, hey, blood in the water. Of course, and man coverage him. too. There's yeah. no no help. Don't don't get mad that a fan called you out on on that. When I mean, come on now, and yeah. and look, 
you had expectations this year. You talked to talk. You took some shots at people. You Shane Beamer didn't say nothing about you. You talked about Shane Beamer. Then you lost to Shane Beamer. <laughs> and you can't talk that talk and lose to Vanderbilt ever. You, you, can, you can say <laughs> last week they're they're playing hard and they're coming along. I've been where he's at. You still can't let him come in here and beat nah. you. You can't you can't let them do that. You can't you can't talk all that and then go six and six. Come on now. Yeah, you gave two coaches like their, you know, their building block wins in one year uh, on your home field while you're ranked. And, you know, the three, you know, the three teams, Kentucky has passed undebatably in the SEC East have been South Carolina, Missouri and Vanderbilt. And, you know, they hadn't lost to at two of those teams uh, since Stoops' first year. They did that this year. This is the first time that's happened. I mean, even his year, second year, 2014, uh, they beat Vanderbilt and they beat South Carolina. And then 2015, they actually beat a ranked Missouri team and they beat South Carolina as well. So uh, you're just going backwards. You're going backwards. And the thing is, you have a lot of young talent. And if you can keep them here and have an offense that, you know, builds the trust that in recruits, uh, like like Jalen said, they're going to they'll recruit defensive guys. They already have. You know, most of the guys that are coming into this class, the highly rated guys, the Avery Stewart's, the Grant Godfrey's, they're defensive guys. And then the transfer portal, they do a great job getting linebackers and corners always. So uh, they'll be fine on defense, but you you got to convince your offensive guys and even the defensive guys who are here. I think you got to. You gotta have you gotta tell them, hey, we're gonna score some points. It's not gonna be all on you. It's not gonna be all on you. Um and it's just we're entering such a pit. This is like a monumental December and off season. Yeah. This is this is a huge off season. Huge, 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 huge. And it sucks that we have to talk about it, but when you're six and four and you're staring at six and six in the face, that's where you're at. And you, Tennessee was tripping all over themselves for years, and you didn't take they, advantage of beating them. No, nah. and, and they snapped out. I mean, second-year head coach. I'm not saying they're going to do this next year. Maybe, I mean, Hooker's going to be gone. Who's the, the quarterback may not have the same year. Yeah, it's probably going to be Joe Milton. They might regress and still be an 8-4 and four team. You, look, when they were struggling, you, you had chances to beat them. You know, up 13-0, lose 17-13. Lose last year, 45-42. So many chances that slipped up where you, you could have been putting your foot on their neck, and now they're they're up. And, you know, Florida has plenty of talent. Maybe Napier is, is getting them turned around. He, 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 it's the life comes at you fast in this league, man. You can't you can't uh, just be sitting. Yeah, Na- Napier is turning that thing around, yeah, I maybe, think. Maybe smoke off soccer. <laughs> Hey, I think I think that you know I think Tennessee should win, obviously, but watch that game, you know, that Tennessee South Carolina, uh in South Carolina. South Carolina don't have much to lose with a number five team coming in. But and my thing is if I'm stoops, I'm looking, I'm scouring what Tennessee's doing on offense and everybody off that tree. And I'm thinking about poaching somebody who's somewhere close to this type, this style of play. Yes. And, and, and it's going to take some, it's going to take a change. I remember Neil Brown was at Kentucky and we were talking about, we were going to go fast and do all this. Um, I don't, we, we didn't do it partly because of Stoops probably, you know, his, his thought process and how he wanted, you know, 
do stuff, and we weren't very good. So it's hard to like tempo when you're not that good. Uh, so, you know, that was the thing, but he got to scour and look, okay, let's see across the country, which trees are dominating college football. Um, the, the Lincoln Riley style tree. And I don't say Mike Leach because Mike Leach tree is not dominating. No. Mike Leach tree is what's going on at West Virginia. Um, they're just throwing the ball all over the field, but the, the, the game has changed, man. Uh, what Lincoln Riley is doing with the air raid, is dominating college football. Uh, what the Art Browse tree has been dominating college football since 2010. Um, and, and, and it's just the truth. They've been dominating college football. Go look at the points, stats, quarterbacks, receivers, running backs. And the, the misconception is, is that they're a throw-the-ball type team. If you look at Tennessee, they hit you in the mouth and they run the ball first. Now, they didn't do that against Georgia, but they hit you in the mouth and they run the ball. So, I'm I'm looking at those two trees, and I'm looking to pick from those two trees. Now, if I want to stay in this mode of play, okay, I'm looking at what Michigan's doing. All right, Michigan's dominating college football. I think they may beat Ohio State again. They have a yeah. very good run game and a decent pass game. There, I love their run game. So I'm just I'm looking at you know those trees that are consistently dominating college football. The Iowa style, the, the Scangarello style. Um, you know, that style of football only dominates when you have a Georgia, Alabama type roster. You know, it, it is what it is where you got everybody's on everybody on the field is going to get drafted. That's when that style dominates. Other than that, you know, it, it just doesn't. This is college football. Now, in the league, it's a little different. It's cookie, it's cookie cutter in the league. But in, in college football, you know, you got to you got to you got to create some uh, some space and some excitement. Yeah. I'm gonna sidetrack real quick. Just I'm going back to Vandy real quick, but I'm I'm it's just totally just in my head. Look, my Mike Wright had some wheels, had some jets. Jalen, you had some jets. Is Mike Wright as fast as you? <laughs> peak peak Jalen Whitlow, peak Mike Wright. Who is who's winning that? <laughs> Jalen Whitlow's definitely winning it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> if you go back, I'm trying to think. There, I'm trying to think of the quarterbacks since I've been in college in the SEC, uh, and and you can go ask. You know, I I had good speed, man. Yeah, uh, that's why I asked this question. I, I, I had good speed, and I, and the times the the, the times it, it kind of sucked because I was really, I was like at my peak in speed my sophomore year. And I don't know if y'all remember, but I dealt with a couple of injuries that, that kind of I wasn't really practicing once midseason hit. So I remember the Alabama State game. I ran a long touchdown and I, I felt slow because I wasn't I wasn't even practicing. I was playing the game. So I was taking that shot and playing. Um, so but if you go go back and look, I was, you know, some of those guys on that team, that's, they're going to tell you uh, he, he was he was fast, but I was fast. Nah, go, go, go you know, go, go ask, go ask some of those stream coaches. You know, I, I had I had good speed, man. It, you know, I really did. But Mike Wright has good speed too, though. I can't lie. He 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 I, he's faster than I thought he was when he hit, he hit the stride on Saturday. Yeah, he got yeah. Some good speed. Um. So, but yeah, but yeah, you know, and, and that and that's another thing, you know. And I'm sure that's why, um, you know, it, defensive coaches hate playing guys that can run as an extra element. So I would even think, you know, maybe Kentucky will try to find a way to add that into the offense maybe next year 
And, you know, we Stoops love the Wildcat stuff. Maybe he'll do it by Wildcat or whatever. But, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll see. The only runner I can think of, Jalen, is, uh, is Manziel with the 1,400 yards that one year. That's the only guy I can think of. Manziel, Manziel has some good speed. Um, but – I don't know, man. Straight line speed. I don't know. I don't know if there been there's been an SEC quarterback now. Alabama quarterback and who's his name at fourteen? Um, oh, from, from Gainesville, Georgia. Uh, he was a starter in two thousand and fourteen. What was his name? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get you right now here. Um, <laughs> I know the guy, so I can't. I can't remember his name right now. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I forgot his name. But, it, it, it's coming. It's coming here. <laughs> AT always have everything right. Just Blake Sims. Blake Sims. He had good speed. Blake Sims was fast. Um, there's been some fast ones. I mean, you know, there's been some fast guys, but you know, as far as and my thing was, I was I was always even growing up, I was always pretty good at running in between the tackles, like choosing my choosing my lanes, running between the tackles. You really got to see that when I got to Eastern. When I got to Eastern, they started using me a lot in between the tackles running the ball. And we threw the ball more than we did at Kentucky as well. But I ran the ball in between the tackles a lot more. Um, and I, I was I was pretty good at, you know, kind of picking my spots. What about uh, uh, the other one, Auburn, Nick Marshall? Now, Nick, yeah, Nick Marshall's probably Nick fast. Nick, Nick Marshall's fast. Nick Marshall's fast. Uh, yeah, but... I, I, got, I got to be honest on that one. He, he was he, – he, he had it. He had some good speed. Okay. He has some good speed, so I, I'll give you. I'll give you that one. I'll give you okay. That. I was trying to. Th- I, I was digging pretty deep, trying to think about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. One. Hey, real, real quick too. We hadn't said it yet. We talked about it last week, and we got them in the mail. So we 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 talked about the Cat Daddy shirts. Got them out in the mail. Got the Believe logo. Got the Cat Daddies on it. So if I got when y'all watch, yeah, I, I got it too. I just don't have it with me right now, but I have it. I got the white one. We got white. I think yeah. I think you got white. Jalen got green. Yeah, well, I think we all went. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah. We gotta watch this on. Uh, believe we will put it up on YouTube or Believe TV. You can see us wearing our Cat Daddy shirts. So get yourself one like we got. Go to shop dot Shop dot Get yourself one. Get something for your friends, whatever you want to do. Blue, gray, white. It's comfortable. They look new. They look great. You don't like them. So get yourself uh, a Cat Daddy shirt. Jelly come up with the Cat Daddy's name. <laughs> and then they got the Believe logo on it. So y'all that's been listening to the podcast, get yourself a Cat Daddy shirt, man. Get you some merch. We, we appreciate it. We'll be proud of our merch. And uh, hopefully there'll be merch, more merch coming soon. But shop.bleed.com. Grab yourself a t-shirt. What are you gonna say, hey, Adrian? Uh, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I cut you off, man. No, nah, right. man, you're good. And don't forget our friends at Lots of Rain, lots of rain.com. You get yourself a very nice watch for not a crazy, expensive, extraordinary, exorbitant amount of money. Uh L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E dot com lots of rain.com dave and ben they'll answer your questions in the chat if you want to ask about something before you purchase you can accessorize it with different bands watches for men watches for ladies subnautica the atlas red crest so many different styles get yourself a nice timepiece till then you heard about them by listening to us on believe in kentucky 
And each episode is also up on the sea of blue.com. Um, Jason Markham puts them up on the Facebook page. They tweet them out. So lots of different ways to hear this episodes of the podcast. And, and we definitely appreciate it. Uh, we always try to cover everything. Look back a little bit at the previous game. Look ahead to the upcoming opponent. And then all kind of random various thoughts in between. From the press conferences. From the college shows. From AG covering the press conferences and uh, got every stat and every quote. I mean, just at the snap of a finger, he's pulling stuff up. He went back eight years and brought out Blake Sims, and I was sitting blanking on it. <laughs> well, that was what that was Wikipedia. Nick Marshall came from here, but uh, Blake Sims needed Wikipedia. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. But man, we always enjoy bringing these episodes to you. Appreciate Aaron and Jalen hopping over here. Dropping all that knowledge, Jalen with the first-hand knowledge from playing and then geeking out on the film and having having all that film that you say you ain't supposed to be having, but you be watching. <laughs> Appreciate yeah. it, man. Appreciate we'll y'all. Yeah, so. But, uh, hey, real quick, condolences to, you know, what happened in uh, Virginia, man. Uh, Virginia. Um, you know, that's just, that's terrible. You don't, you know, parents shouldn't have to send their child off to college and you know that type of stuff happened at college so um condolences to to those families of those three uh student athletes and you know uh you know that's just that uh, you know that's that's some of the best stuff that you know you, yeah. you just don't you just don't even imagine um that'll happen so again condolences to uh to those families and you know the whole university of virginia football team i know that's that's tough i heard they canceled the game on saturday um so that's a tough situation there yeah. absolutely absolutely let's go out to them exactly as will said y'all sure appreciate you you bringing that up for sure um and we appreciate everybody that takes the time to listen and there's no smooth transition from that no <laughs> But uh, we definitely, definitely think about everybody in Charlottesville uh, on the team, just regular students at the university, on the campus, anywhere, you know, the whole, all of it for sure. So definitely appreciate you bringing that up. And uh, we'll be here again next week after Georgia, previewing Louisville. And for y'all listening, y'all will have a guest. We'll have former UK receiver David Bouvier set to hop on here with next week so it'll be the four of us chopping it up talking about kentucky georgia and then cats cards governor's cup on the line season finale 12 game game number 12 will be here just like that man how fast it goes by but all of that and and look ahead to cats and cards next week so aaron gershon Jalen whitlow my name is vinnie hardy follows that believe in kentucky on all the different social media fronts and we look forward to talking to y'all next week, diving into more UK football and wrapping up the regular season. Y'all holler at us next week. We'll be right here at that time. So everybody take care. We'll holler at you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.